I know that for me, over the course of the last two and some odd years, um, there has been a gradual distance that has grown between me and other people in the church. It's a natural thing when we're bodily separated from one another. But not only that, we've been back together again for a while, and yet I've been sick, you've been sick, people have been in and out, and for me personally, it's been difficult to uh, rebuild those bridges and uh, refill that gap that's been there. Uh, Partly, and I'll admit, I'm not trying to make excuses up here, but partly that is having a fifth child too. Right. In fact, if I could give you a little biography real quick, you know, what was it, 2019 we left? Yeah, 2019 we left to go to the States. Twenty End of 2019, like October-ish, I believe, we came back, September maybe, we came back, and I was ready to get back into church and start tearing it up, okay? Um, and then... We had a baby, which is great. And then COVID hit. And honestly, my life personally has been a blur ever since that moment. I've been a bit sleepy since that time period. Okay. (laughs) And I know that for many of you, in fact, I think all of you um, have hit also in your own way, very serious uh, bumps in the road, bumps that look are a natural part of life that are a blessing. Yes. And yet, it's been things that have gradually taken us apart from one another. And I have blinked, and here I am again, getting ready, having to make a trip to back, back to the States. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't love this, okay? <laughs> I don't love this. For me personally, this is both good timing in the sense that I, I need to see my family. I miss my family. And the fact that my family is currently all living in generally the same place. Uh, And COVID, especially for Tara and I, and I'm sure in different ways for you too, has taught us the importance of having family close by. Um, I miss them, and I need to see them. And yet at the same time, uh, it's really bad timing for life here, for church life here, and yet it's something that I'm having to place into God's hands. Um, Not with any doubt that um, the people that are here this morning and those that will be listening here later today can handle things. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, I just wish that I had more opportunity over the course of when everyone's lives are slowing down during the winter to be more active inside of each of your homes and being able to visit more regularly. And so uh, I'm going through a bit of a mourning process leading up to our time away right now. And part of our family meeting today is uh, about that mourning process, okay? <laughs> and so you can forgive me for that. Um, so anyway, it, it's been disorientating. And over the last two and a half years, when we've been separated on and off, when people have been busy, when we, we've been trying to get back into things, and people have been getting sick on again, off again, uh, Look, me personally, and I'm sure that you've all each had your own temptations in the midst of struggles, hardships, and good blessings that have come during this time. But I've had lots of temptations during this time period of being tempted towards despair. Okay? Um, In my work, sure. In the world, sure. In all kinds of ways. And without sort of the kind of 
and I'm going back to the glory days now, okay? There were no glory days. We all know that, all right? There were no glory days. But I'm going to go back to the fake glory days for just a minute. There was a time period uh, in our church prior to COVID um, where the antidote to those feelings of despair that I used to have um, were the life, uh, the, the lifeblood of the church. And this is no reflection upon you. I, maybe it's a reflection upon me. Sure. Um, But I think it's also a reflection upon the way that Satan works in the life of a believer to to hit them at their weak points. And for me personally, that's a weak point. And I'm sure for you, over the course of these last two and a half years, you've had weak points that have been hit too. I don't know what that is for each and every one of you. Um, But there is an antidote for that. Um... And it's the people sitting around you right now. Not that the person sitting next to you can fix your problems. Most likely they can't fix your problems. Uh, And yet, uh, we actually have all had ears ready to hear our struggles and so on and so forth. And um, many of you have been that to me and for me. And I appreciate that. And yet it has been a, a tiring two and a half years on that front. Um, you know, I think as I was thinking through some of the deeper issues related to COVID and its effects on the church and so on and so forth, um, I've seen playing out in a lot of people's lives, including my own, a confusion of, uh, I'll call it self-reliance. That is being able to trust in your own abilities or the abilities of the others in your household to get things done. We'll say it like that. And accomplish goals um, and uh, community. And for some reason, COVID, at least in my mind, has taken these two ideas and mixed them all up. To where in the spaces and times in life where I should be looking out to community, I've now been turning back to myself and thinking, hmm, how can I rely on myself to get through this time period? Um, and, and that's not been helpful for me. And I, you know what? When you go through a struggle... And you take it and have someone else be listening to you. Either they've had that experience or they're also going through that experience or they're going to go through that experience. And your struggle is going to be uh, a, a growth area for them as well. You're actually going to help to encourage one another and help one another grow. And um, so in many of the areas uh, where I think each of us, we should be looking out to our community as, as a church, um, we've been depending on self-reliance. And, and the many areas where maybe we could um, uh, rely on those in our household, maybe we've been kind of waiting for the community to address it. I don't know if that's true for each and every one of you, but I do know in making some observations, not just of our church, but people in Hermanus, our whole community at large, um, these two things seem to have been mixed up a lot during COVID. And so that's just an observation. But all that to say, as a church, um, I do realize, me personally, and I think, I think the whole body, there needs to be some reorientation, right? So we've been disoriented, and we need to reorient on a couple of things. Um, one of those things is, uh, one of the things I've always committed to is the Anchored Baptist Church um, if this is a church that's going to exist, 
then I would love to be working towards it being a church that can exist for 50 years. Okay? Now that sounds a little bit crazy. I don't have a 50-year plan. I hope that none of you have a 50-year plan, okay? Um, (laughs) But here's the deal. I would love to be able to have a solid foundation of a church that could last for the next 50 years in a somewhat healthy fashion. And that's a, that's a pretty bold, uh, dream's the wrong word I want to use, but that's a pretty bold expectation that I have. And I do realize that. Um, and yet, I think here's the, the spirit behind that. Um, let me use an illustration. I was just recalling this with my father the other day. Um, I remember when I was in grade 8, and I was uh, running athletics, and I hated competition in grade 8. I still don't love it, but I hated it in grade 8. And I was fast enough to go to this uh, a statewide, like a province-wide competition. But I wasn't actually fast enough to be there, okay? Like, I was fast in my little area, but I wasn't fast in the region. So I got there knowing that I was going to come in, there were 18 people in the race, and I knew I was going to be like number 16. So I'm running. And um, (laughs) as I'm running, maybe I'm not trying as hard as I possibly could, because frankly, I don't like the competition. It's making me nervous. I know I'm going to lose pitifully. And you'll never guess what happened. Numbers one and two, they're sprinting towards the finish line. It's a two-lap race, 800 meters. They're sprinting towards the finish line. And the, I can't do math, but we'll just say it's the 13 people in between me and them. One guy trips, and the other 12 in front of me trip. (laughs) And they all fall down. And... In my best superhero moment as a grade 8, I, I leapt over them, and in one of my slowest personal times ever, came in third place. Um, and I was, I'll tell you what, I was pretty excited about that. Now afterwards, the, the judge of the race came up to me and said, um, I think you know this, but you're not actually fast enough to move on to the next level of competition. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited that you got third place, but you're not going to be moving on. <laughs> Which did not break my heart, right? In fact, um, look, by hook or crook, I got third place in that race. And yet, uh, did I deserve third place in that race? No, not, not really. Not at all. Okay. Um, all that to say, it, it's not just about getting to the finish line. It's also about how you get there. Okay, (laughs) it's also about how you get there. And so as a church, um, look, two years from now, could Anchored Baptist Church, could we all say, wow, hey, it's been a great experience, but we got to cut this thing loose. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, that could happen. But this is how we will know that we have failed as a church. All right? Um, We will know that we have failed as a church if we're coming up to that two-year mark And we're saying to ourselves, wow, um, this church is diseased. It's not working. Um, Also, if this church is coming up to that two-year mark and not actively working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear good news and scatter to share it, 
that will know that that's, that's an unsuccessful venture. That might sound a little bit harsh because, look, I know that for many of us, we've all been in churches that don't have the highest level of health, right? I think we could all say that. And maybe you've been in a church in the past where you're looking at it saying, wow, they should probably shut their doors. And then they went on to live for another 20 years. And that's totally fine too, okay? What I'm telling you about Anchored, though, is that there's certain standards that we want to work under and that we want to live and die by, okay? And um, we need to reorient towards some of those things. We need to, and I need to keep on asking myself, is what I'm putting in place right now going to last 50 years? Well, maybe not exactly the way that I put it in place, but is it going to give a healthy foundation? Is it going to um, uh, be, uh, uh, the only thing I can think of is like strength training, okay? You don't go out and then, you know, squat 450 kgs today, right? I hope, I don't think anyone in this room could do that. Uh, 200 kgs today, okay? Uh, But maybe over the course of a long period of time, you work yourself up to that. And then you're not being plagued with injury and so on and so forth. That's what we're talking about in planting a church. That's what the life of Anchored Baptist Church, I would hope to be like, okay? So that we're laying down a good foundation. Now, um, this takes us to um, the... Next couple of months. Let me get my calendar here. So my family and I are going to be going back to the States. I believe it's the 15th of June. 15th of June. Um, And we will be back on the 31st of August. Uh, Now we start traveling on the 31st of August. I think we're back back on the... What's the month that comes after August? September. September. Thank you, everyone. Um, I, I believe that we're back back on the 2nd of September. Um, and just to, just to look forward a little bit, September 4, that's a Sunday, and that'll be Anchored Baptist Church's 6th anniversary. All right? Um, so I'm excited to, to come back. And to be a part of a sixth anniversary celebration, whatever that looks like. Josh, I assume that you're going to plan something excellent. Good job, man. Uh, <laughs> but that leaves um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven Sundays uh, between us leaving and returning. And uh, I know that as a church, uh, you guys are all totally capable of making Sunday happen. I'm not actually worried about Sundays. Sundays you need. All right? Sundays you need. You actually need to come in and be fed the word. Not just to be at home reading it yourself, which is great, do it. Uh, not just to be bouncing the ideas that you see in Scripture off of your own brain, but you actually need to be with God's people receiving God's word on Sunday morning and receiving his good gifts. On Sunday morning. And so I know that between everyone that helped operate the services last time and everyone that's here now, uh, you all are fully capable of getting that done. But one thing that we have not been as practiced at 
as a church over the last two years is caring for one another. At least not in the same ways that we used to be able to far more easily. All right? You with me? It's not a critique of anyone in the room. If anything, it is a critique of myself. But it's not a critique of anyone in this room or listening to this message right now. Okay? Um, And so, here's what I would say about those 11 Sundays that we're away. Um, Our church is not just something that we do on a Sunday morning, right? We are members who are together in this church body. Uh, And we've been called to care for and love one another. And uh, speak truth to one another. And give hope to one another. And speak God's peace to one another. And all the good things that the Apostle Paul tells us to do in all of his letters. We're called to do all of those things. And as a church, as a congregation, and as a church that is aspiring towards being a congregational church, where the congregation has authority in many of the matters of the church, um, for lack of better terms, you get out of that church body what you also put into it. Which sounds kind of cold and hard, okay? (laughs) But you get out of it what is also put into it. And so over the course of the next 11 weeks, um, I know that it would be easy to kind of lean back a little bit. Um, But over the course of those 11 weeks, I would actually encourage you to lean, not back, but lean into it a little bit more. Um, For lots of different reasons. Um, Now, you know me, I like to always take it back to the gospel. But the statement that I just made is very law-orientated. It's because the law is good. And those commands to love one another, care for one another, uh, speak well of one another, speak good words to one another and encourage one another, um, that, that is law still. And, and yet it's something that God the Holy Spirit is not only wanting you to do, but when you are rightly placed under God's Word in community, in church like this, um, those are things that God the Holy Spirit wants to and is going to be working out in you as well. And so don't take me, uh, don't, don't take this as I'm, don't hear me saying that, uh, hey, you know what? If you're not liking things, then you're not putting enough into it. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is for the, the body to be living and breathing and thriving together, what it does take is for you putting in. And when you put in, that's when the body is able to live and breathe, and you're going to see what comes out of that, what grows out of that. What matures out of that? Um, so a couple of things. I would encourage you to, um, especially, this is, this is a fault of mine. Um, I know that it would be easy to look at me and say, you know, Wade, Wade seems maybe a little too perfectionistic on a Sunday. All right? uh, I'm not actually, but you know what I do like to do on a Sunday morning? I like to make sure that you come in to worship and you have as little responsibility as what I can humanly give to you. 
not so that you can uh, lean back, but so that you can receive without being cluttered. That's one of my, my hopes for you on a Sunday morning. But I also know that what that sometimes comes across as is uh, me maybe taking ownership of everything up here and you're just there. That's never my intention. Um, and so I would also be encouraging you that while the cat's away, the mice do play, okay? No. <laughs> Take ownership of things. Um, things that you're thinking to yourself like, you know what? I see Wade struggle through this thing every Sunday and when he gets back, He's not going to take that back over because I'm going to take that over. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Um, there, there's actually very few things that on a Sunday morning I... Look, do I set up the services? Yes, I do. Why? Because it is my um, responsibility, both asked of me by God and asked of me by you, in the sense that you don't ask me to stop doing it, <laughs> um, to... To shepherd well and to teach well and make sure that what you're hearing is what you should be hearing. Not just what you think you need to be hearing, but what you should be hearing. So that's my responsibility. Everything outside of that, I don't really care so much about. All right? Um, as long as it, it is not something that gets in the way of working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear, hear good news and scatter to share it, it doesn't bother me that much. So I would encourage you to be taking ownership of that thing, of different things while I'm away. Along with that, sorry, I know I'm getting long-winded here. Um, along with that, um, I would encourage you to, as you lean in, because um, here, we're, already, we're seeing it this morning, and it's going to be a long winter of this, where people are sick. Um, there's going to be Sundays where there's fewer people than this, and then there's many more people than this. And it's not something that we're going to be able to control or determine or anything like that. So the fact that 9 a.m. got canceled uh, for one of the classes, and then two of the classes, and then all three of the classes this Sunday, we don't really have control over that. Um, and uh, yet... It's going to take a certain amount of discipline to make sure that things keep going despite the fact that it's going to be hit and miss and touch and go on different Sundays. Um, And so I would encourage you, I would encourage you to make sure that you're putting in a certain amount of discipline on your life to make sure that um, you get to experience the, yeah, experience the freedom of what the church services offer to you, okay? Um, Also, I know that for each of us, uh, we all have relationships like this where you don't see someone for a really long time and then it's a little bit awkward. You're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know if I really want to go say hi to this person now because I haven't said hi to them for this long. So, But you know what? The discipline of even the small things of saying hello, messaging someone throughout the week, so on and so forth... That's what actually affords you the freedom to be in regular communication with people. All right? Um, I know that was a little bit blurry. I don't want to spend too much more time on it. Except for I will, uh, I, I will say this. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. For though I am free of any obligation 
I make myself a slave to all, is what Paul says. Um, This is actually kind of what we're called to as fellow church members. Uh, You have been set free, right? And Paul acknowledges this. I'm under no obligation to anything anymore. (laughs) Which is a pretty crazy thing for Paul to say. But because of this, I have made myself a slave to all people. How does that work? This is Paul getting to hold on to the freedom that he has in Christ by understanding the kind of discipline that Christ wants to place upon him. Um, To understand the expectations of love and care and concern for other peoples that Paul should have. So that's a good expression of that. Okay, so what does your church need of you while I'm away? Um, I'm, two things here. You got it? Two things. Simple commitments and communication, and then simple services. Okay? <laughs> simple commitments, communication, and simple service. Um, I'm really hoping and I'm praying towards the 11 weeks where I'm away of this being a time that is helpful and healthful and shaping for Anchored Baptist Church. Um, So much so that when we return, uh, that I'll be able to sit down with you and you'll be able to say, this is what the health of the church is right now. This is what the life of the church is like right now. Which is going to take a commitment to a certain level of communication um, and uh, commitment to one another. Right? I even have a strategy for this. Oh man, strategic plan. I know you guys have been waiting for it for six years, so here you go. No, (laughs) It's actually something we talk about all the time, but if I were to formulate it a little bit better, I would say it like this. Um, Maybe I'll ask it in question form. What would our church look like if, over the course of those 11 weeks, to the best of your ability, you took one, whatever it is for you, I don't know what time you have free, okay? But maybe it's one afternoon or one morning or one evening a week, you had someone that does not know Jesus into your home. All right? And then you took some other morning or evening or afternoon, whatever you've got free, a week, and had one of your fellow church members in your home. If you did that for 11 weeks straight, now we all know how sickness works, right? Um, I was, I I think we've had to cancel like three things from, from Thursday through today because of sickness in our house. Uh, so I get it. Maybe it's every two weeks for you. I, I don't, I don't know what the circumstance is for you personally. Okay. But what would it look like if you had one person that does not know or family or so on and so forth into your house that does not know Jesus each week and then someone from church in your house each week? I guarantee you um, that the kind of communication and health that our church would experience from that would be far greater than anything that I can do as your pastor. Um, In fact, there's very little that I can actually do as your pastor. There's a certain amount of futility to preaching and teaching. 
because I don't actually affect change. <laughs> okay, I don't affect change. And yet, at the same time, um, God's word, uh, God has promised through his word to affect change and to grow people. And so, um, I will be uh, praying that for you while we are away. I'm not leaving. Look, here's the deal. I always like to say goodbye before it's time to say goodbye. Okay? So this is my goodbye right now, even though we've still got three weeks together, I think. Something like that. All right? Because uh, I hate goodbyes. So I'm going to say it now. Then there's no, there's no sadness on my part. There's no tears. Um, yeah. And then last, last, maybe a last challenge I would have for you while, while we were away. Um, it would be very similar to the way that Jesus summarizes the law. Um, I would be encouraging you to be consistently looking up to God in love, looking out to your neighbors in love, and as Johnny Cash would say, keeping a close eye on that heart of yours, okay? All right, so be looking to God, looking up to God in love, out to your neighbor in love, and keeping a close eye on your heart. And making sure that it's, it's uh, aware and, and tender towards both of those responsibilities that you have.